From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Chuck Quirmbach, filling in for Mayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Well, hi, J.R. Thanks again for making it to Capital Notes. Oh, happy to do it. So in the state Supreme Court race, let's start out talking about that. Former Justice and candidate Dan Kelly uh, seem to be getting some good news on the financial end of things, right? Yeah, a group called Fair Courts America uh, announced a $240,000 radio buy for Kelly. They say it is part of a seven-figure uh, ad campaign overall ahead of the primary. That's important because of the candidates running for Supreme Court so far. The only one raised enough money to be on TV on their own is Jenna Prosewich. You know, she put a $700,000 TV buy up uh, starting last week. Nobody else got the kind of coin to do that. So Kelly getting that boost is important because it enables him to get a little bit of help, a little bit of name ID out there, right? A little bit of kind of awareness of his campaign. So that's really good news for him. The question is how much more is going to come and will the tone change? The first ad that we heard from them was uh, really a positive spot, but conservatives are watching to see will that kind of primary turn negative between him and Doro because they're obviously vying for the same lane of voters on the conservative side of the dial. And that's, of course, Waukesha County Circuit Judge Jennifer Doro, another Supreme Court candidate, who seemed to have a lot of momentum, money-raising anyway, in the state Supreme Court race. Does that dull her momentum a little bit? Well, it, it raises the question, who's going to write a check for Doro that could match what Dick Uline is doing? Dick Uline is the Illinois businessman and GOP mega donor who's tied to Fair Courts America. He has proven over the years that he will spend whatever he thinks is necessary to help the candidates he supports. So if he's going to write a big check for Fair Courts America, and that group's going to spend seven figures for Kelly, who's going to write that kind of check or could write that kind of check to help Dora out? And I'm not directing their campaign. You know, there are limits on how much you can give to a candidate, but I'm talking about doing independent expenditures, you know, TV, radio, some kind of awareness for her. Now, she's got some name ID from, you know, presiding over the Waukesha Christmas Parade trial. Talk radio in southeastern Wisconsin is, you know, fairly receptive to her. That helps. But if you go out state, like if you're talking voters in Eau Claire and La Crosse and Wausau, they don't necessarily know her name from that Waukesha Christmas Parade trolley. If you put a radio ad, TV ad that kind of reminds them about that, they'll make the connection. But off the top of their heads, she's not a household name. So that really is going to something that she could use as a little bit of outside help to get to this primary. Because remember, you got four candidates uh, in the primary February 21st, put a say which. Uh, Judge Everett Mitchell from Dane County, Kelly and Doro, the top two finishers advance. There isn't a liberal primary or conservative primary. It's one primary, all four in at one time. So they need to have that kind of name ID to help them uh, get through and advance the April election. Well, certainly on the more liberal side of things, uh, Judge Janet out of Milwaukee County uh, unveiled her uh, first TV ads. Uh, seems to be partly focused on abortion rights. Uh, is that right? Oh, absolutely. And it you know, it's kind of outraging Republicans who think that she is violating the judicial code, which basically prohibits candidates for the court from making promises on how they would rule or commitments. Now, you talk to other folks and A, they don't think she's crossed the line and B, um, if there ever was a complaint that was filed and really kind of went anywhere against her, other restrictions on candidates' comments have been struck down in other states, uh, First Amendment grounds. So I don't think it's going to be a big issue, but still, you know, Republicans are raising concerns that, hey, this person is making commitments. Now, at the same time, I talked to Democrats and Republicans who say it's probably smart politics. Abortion was a huge issue in the November elections. 
it's still going to be a big issue this spring. She's making clear to a group of voters who are motivated by that issue that she is on their side. Um, now, you can talk about whether it's appropriate, ethical, crosses lines, but politically speaking, you know, it's a smart pitch to people who are motivated by that issue. I'm still getting press releases from the other more liberal candidate, Judge Mitchell out of Dane County, uh, still in the game, it looks like. Yeah, it just it, we're waiting to see, can he really pull some money together to elevate his profile? It's just the, the way it is in politics. You have to have money to communicate. Um, you can go to as many events as you want to. You can do as many social media posts as you want to. But unless you have the resources to communicate, it's difficult. And we're seeing more of the Democratic establishment coalesce around Protosewicz. We're seeing unions endorse her, uh, various groups get behind her campaign. So that's really a sign that they see her as the strongest option for liberals to try and win back control of the court come April. Well, let's turn uh, to a guy that has a lot of money at his disposal anyway, uh, or at least is proposing ways to spend things that are somewhat under his control. Uh, Governor Tony Evers, a State of the State speech last week and continued then uh, touring the state, uh, promoting some of the ideas in it. You know, one of the big uh, themes was mental health treatment, counseling for more adults and kids in the state. Hard to argue against mental health assistance, isn't it? Yeah, it's just the price tag that has Republicans concerned. I mean, I, I get the impression that Republicans are going to address a lot of things that Evers wants to address, just in a different way and with a less state money behind it. But mental health, for example, Evers, he's only giving us like kind of a hint so far, right? $500 million overall, a little more than half of that for schools, other half for state programs, but how will that be delivered? We won't find out the budget in February. Basically, he's using these two speeches, the state of the state to kind of queue up the budget, the February 15th one to deliver it, and lay out his priorities. I mean, the governor just won re-election by Wisconsin standards by a comfortable 3.4 percentage points. He's in a good position. He's, you know, people are like his agenda, and he is investing in his agenda. Republicans, though, have got other priorities. What I'm picking up from talking to people is it's pretty clear that the three big things we'll see in this budget are going to be, you know, investment in education, some kind of tax cuts, and some increase in shared revenue, which is the state aid to local governments. It's just that the priorities are different, like the pecking order for the two sides are different, and the amounts they want to do are different, and the details. So how are they going to get to a, a grand bargain on those things between now and sometime this summer the budget should be done? The Republicans, uh, some are suggesting a total rewrite that whatever Evers proposes in the state budget in a few weeks, they're going to start from scratch. Are you hearing that as well? Oh, yeah, they've, they've done that the last two times. What I'm really watching is... How does the governor engage lawmakers and vice versa in this process? You know, they really haven't met in several years. They finally did after the uh, election. Evers reached out to lawmakers. So are they going to have, like, really engaged in talks between now and late spring? Because what's going to happen is the budget will be introduced in mid-February. The Joint Finance Committee will take it, start doing hearings probably in, you know, roughly in March. April start to kind of get rolling on doing votes. May is the heavy lifting deliver it to the legislature by June, and then they vote. If Evers is not engaged, or his staff is not engaged with the legislature and the Joint Finance Committee before then, that's not a good sign. If he's waiting until they're done with the budget from Joint Finance and going to the full legislature, that's too late. If he wants to have a, a say in shaping it, people tell me he needs to be involved earlier. Now, uh, he also has to have a willing partner, right, from Republicans. If they can't get along, the question becomes, do Republicans try to do a budget that does just enough on things like education funding to get Evers to sign it or feel compelled to sign it because they gave him just enough of what he wants 
while protecting what they want to get things done. Let me ask you about the sometimes forgotten group, Democrats in the state legislature. Wisp Politics has an event coming up where you've got the Assembly and Senate minority leaders. What's their role at this point? Messengers, they're trying to hold the line for Governor Evers and carry his message to this debate. Um, I mean, they're on the same page in a lot of things. That's, that's not going to be hard to do, but really it's more that they can't stop anything, but they can highlight places that Republicans go that aren't popular with the public and really kind of try to take them to task for that. Some very talented orators on the uh, Democratic minority side. Um, I, I often am impressed, and by the Republicans, when I'm watching uh, some of the debate or listening to some of the debate. There are some people that can turn a phrase on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, well, for Democrats, unfortunately, it's almost all, the only thing they can do sometimes is, is argue, right? <laughs> is give speeches on the floor because they can't stop things. But they're going to try their best to be good messengers for the governor in this process and talk about things that people really like. I mean, people want to see an increase in funding for education. They want to see middle-class tax cuts. So how are the Democrats going to sell that when Republicans, they want universal health, uh, universal school of choice. Republicans want to cut the top tax bracket because they argue it is a competitive issue for businesses. Can they sell that to the public? It's going to be interesting to watch. Well, all's well out there budget-wise, isn't it? I saw one headline that the Estimates of the fiscal surplus, somewhere around $7 billion now, but is it as good as it looks? Yes and no. In the near term, yeah. I mean, we're talking a record $7.1 billion surplus as of June 30th. To put that in perspective, we're budgeted to spend uh, around $21 billion in general purpose revenue in this current fiscal year. So our surplus is one-third of what we spend in a year. That is unfathomable. It's also one time, largely one-time money. This is not going to go on in perpetuity. If you look at the projections for the next two years, which when this next budget covers from July 1st of 23 through June 3rd of 25, the Fiscal Bureau, which is the nonpartisan budget arm legislature, is so projecting revenue growth about $1.2 billion in the next two years, which is not shabby. But it's not what we're talking like these you know, surpluses of $7 billion. So there's also a bit of a warning sign in there. The Fiscal Bureau kind of pared back estimates for sales tax collections the next two years compared to what the Evers administration projected back in November. Uh, it, it's only a couple hundred million dollars. I mean, I mean, only, but in the context of a $44 billion budget in terms of general purpose revenue, it's not a whole lot of money. But it is a warning sign that, you know, there's still some uncertainty out there. Uh, there are stories nationally about retail sales being down. There's obviously the ongoing debate in Washington, D.C. over the debt ceiling. If that's going to be lifted, that could roll the markets. We had growth last quarter, which was good news economically, but we're not out of the woods yet for a recession. All these things could kind of come together and really, you know, socket to the state in terms of its finances. So there may be a push in this budget to hold some money back to be on the safe side and also to use this one-time cash for one-time expenses rather than trying to make it go into ongoing commitments that could put the state in a hole if these revenue estimates start to drop in the future years. So happy days are here, but unhappy days might be around the corner. Yeah, least got to be cautious, yes. Thanks very much, Jer, for the update. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime. That was J.R. Ross of wispolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Chuck Quirmbach. Listen for our segments every Monday and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.